Welcome to Study Gateway's First Listens, where you get first listens to the first sessions on Study Gateway so you can find your next video Bible study. Hello there, I'm your host, Shelley Leith, and before we start our session with Judas Smith, I want everyone to be aware that by just listening to this podcast, you can get a 15% discount on any subscription plan at Study Gateway for the life of your subscription using code PODCAST15. That code works on any plan, any type, personal, small group, or church, monthly, or annual. Go ahead and write that down, PODCAST15. And thank you for being a podcast listener. We're in season five, which we're calling Summer Self-Care. We're listening to Bible studies that offer ideas for us to be kind to ourselves, attend to our needs, and find ways to live a better life. In today's episode, we're featuring a classic study from Judith Smith called How's Your Soul? I chose this for our summer self-care season because of what Judith started doing with his friends. He would text them the question, How's your soul? He really wanted to know how they were doing on the inside. So let's go there with him. Let's explore how to take care of the most important part of ourselves, our soul. Here is session one of How's Your Soul from Judah Smith called, When Is My Soul Home? Hey, I'm Judah, and I'm so excited to share this journey with you about the soul. What we've put together in this project and in this resource is incredibly meaningful to me. It's been an intimate journey that that I've been on, and frankly, the community that I get to lead and pastor has been on. I have the privilege, one of the great privileges of my life is to pastor the City Church. It's a community that ranges from Seattle to LA and Guadalajara. And it wasn't long ago, the idea of a healthy soul. Just hit me personally from 3 John and verse 2, right? That amazing verse that says, brothers and sisters, I want you to prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. It dawned on me that you can have everything on the outside, but you can be unwell, unsuccessful, and small on the inside. I believe true success is actually can't be determined engaged on the outside. I think it's truly determined on the inside. It was Jesus quoted as saying, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world but lose his soul? Gain everything on the outside but have nothing on the inside. These verses motivate me personally. And I'm I'm praying that they're gonna motivate you as we take time through these sessions. Asking, first of all, right from the outset, how's your soul? How is your soul? Like right now, let's just kind of go there. How's my soul? How's your soul? Now, probably about this time, you're like, okay, how do I answer that? What is a soul? How do I know that? Okay, that's why we're doing these sessions. It's really why we put together this project and this resource. We're going to do our best to define the soul, understand it, and I think find some, some handles and some understanding on how I can develop and nurture a healthy inside. I truly believe that much of life, if not most of life, is who you are on the inside. And God cares about that, and he designed you, and he made you. I'm super excited to share this journey with you, so let's get started. But I want to start off um, in the beginning of time. I want to start off with the beginning of the creation of man, because I think there's an amazing point to be made and something incredible for us to witness at the beginning of time. So Genesis 2 records for us 
um, when God made Adam, right? The first human being, the first man. And it says this in Genesis 2, I think it's verse 7. It says, and, and the Lord God formed Adam from the dust of the ground. He formed him. So now we've got a form, right? We know that. We've got, he's got eyes, he's got lips, hips, and fingertips, right? Like he's the, he's the full meal deal. And yet, the Bible says, and then God breathed into his nostrils, and the Genesis account records, and he became a living creature. He became alive. Isn't it interesting? Until man received the breath of God, he was a lifeless form. He was not alive. He was not living. Now, that'll tell you something about the way that we're made, the way our form is not what makes us alive. My outside is not what makes me a living creature. My soul is what makes me alive. And do you know what my soul is made of? My soul is made of the breath of God. The truth is, and this may kind of sound creepy and a little extra spiritual, but we're all living on borrowed breath. We're literally living on the borrowed breath of God. Man did not exist. Though you could see there was a form, there was no life until God breathed into man. So that for us provides a blueprint. It provides a bit of framework to say this is where the soul began. The soul began the moment God shared his breath with mankind. Now that's a radical statement and one we're gonna utilize together as we, uh, as we think through this a little bit. But I wanna challenge you um, with, with one thought here, just on the outset. And that is, how is your soul? Okay, how is your soul? That's the big question. But then I wanna ask another question. Um, when is the last time your soul was home? Okay, now that may seem out of the blue, right? Like from, from left field. But when is the last time your soul was home? And I think this is imperative to having a successful soul, to having a healthy soul, to having a soul that God designed us for. So I'm asking the question, when's the last time your soul's been home? And what do I mean? Well, let me say it like this. Um, I travel a fair bit. And there is, Dorothy was right, there is no place like home, right? I could click my heels. And so you start thinking about life and being home. And like, is it weird, but does your house smell a certain way? And when you walk in, you're like, I'm home, right? It's like your family musk, right? Like you're home, you're finally there. And you know all your spots, right? You know all your quirks of your home. And uh, any hair you do see in the bathroom, it's your hair, you know? So it's not like too freaky, but it's, there's no place like home. And your home may not be big, it may not be opulent and amazing, but it's, hey, this is, this is my home. And uh, studies have been done and stories and articles written that, that, that prove that there is something profoundly healthy for a human being to have a habitation, to have some, some terra firma, to have some ground that they can say, hey, this is mine, and have some, some space to kind of retreat, have some space to have some reprieve and relaxation. It's important to be home. Um, you, ever, you ever traveled a lot? You ever been on a, on, on a long stretch of traveling and you know that you need to get back home to find the rest and reprieve that only home offers, right? I mean, this is, I'm saying this right now and you're like, yeah, we, you know, we, we get the point. But have you ever considered that quite possibly your soul has a home? And I think a lot of us, I know in my own life, I live nomadic oftentimes on the inside. I have a restless soul, a, a homeless soul. When does my soul go home? Furthermore, 
where does my soul go home? We're asking, how's your soul? And you're thinking, well, I don't think it's very good. What should I do? I think you should send your soul home. I think your soul needs some home time. It needs to find its place that it can call, this is where I belong. This is my space. Instead, I think we become nomadic. We're here, there, and everywhere, but our soul never seems to find its, its ground zero, never seems to find its place that I, this is where I belong. How much do we need that physically, tangibly? But how much do we need that internally and invisibly? It's imperative that we have a home for our soul. So what's the soul's home? Well, I'd like to present the idea that if you go back to the beginning of time in the first creation of man, that the breath of God is what created the soul of a human being. Now, that's an interesting thought for a second. If God's breath is our origin, if it's the origin of our soul, and the breath that I now breathe is borrowed from him, how then can my soul be home? I think I got an idea, and, and, and honestly, and I think this is worthy of discussion and, and maybe even some debate, but I think I have an idea, and I think you can see it in Scripture. Now, it brings me to one of the most famous psalm ever written, right? Right in the middle of the Bible, book of psalm, right? Collection of all these ornate, beautiful, divine songs that God inspired incredible artists to write. But there's a psalm, Psalm 103. One writer and author wrote, Psalms 103 is a piece of literature without peer that it actually might be the single most beautiful piece of literature ever written. Now, of course, inspired and completely divine, but it is, it's ornate. Uh, Psalms uh, 103 is famous for the verse that's repeated over and over. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name, right? An awesome song growing up singing in church. Bless the Lord, O my soul. In fact, Psalms 103 is made up of 22 verses. I'm just saying that's the exact number of the Hebrew alphabet. That's A to Z in the Hebrew, which I just, just, I'm just saying, it is pretty amazing that one of the pristine Psalms in the whole book is the exact number of the Hebrew alphabet, and it starts, Psalms 103, bless the Lord, O my soul, and guess how it ends? Bless the Lord, O my soul. You know, if you look up that word soul, in Hebrew, do you know what it, you know what's translated? Its actual meaning is, is breath. It's breath. Do you know what the word bless there in Hebrew means? It means to affectionately, gratefully praise God. I, I think we're getting a hint from an ancient songwriter, an artist inspired by God. I think we're getting a hint of what, could I say, what life is all about. It's taking your borrowed breath and using it to articulate adoration, thanksgiving, and praise to the one who gave you the breath in the first place. I'd like to argue right here, right now, that when you use your breath, the breath of God is the essential characteristic of your soul. We know that. And when you use the essential characteristic of your soul, breath, and you form it into and turn it into praise, I would argue there's something that resonates in the deepest core of your being and says, I think I might be home. I think I might be home. I love 
this idea that when we use our breath that God gave us and form it into praise, that our soul resonates with that and says, I think I might be home. As a bonus for our listeners, we have unlocked session one of How's Your Soul on Study Gateway, so you can go there and watch the entire first session for free. How's Your Soul is published by Harbor Christian Resources, and it streams on Study Gateway. Study Gateway is a streaming video service, and we're the only one that has a subscription plan, especially for small groups. For our First Listens listeners, we offer you an exclusive rate on any of our subscription plans. When you use the promo code PODCAST15 at SteadyGatewayGap.com, you'll get any size of plan for yourself, your small group, or your whole church at a 15% savings for life. And for a complete experience with How's Your Soul, take advantage of our publisher direct pricing on the Essential Bible Study Guide designed to be used with the videos. This study guide gives you the discussion questions for your group and the personal exercises to dig deeper into the scriptures on your own between sessions. Get all the details at studygateway.com. And now let's get back to Judas Smith. I brought friends to church environments my whole life, right? And I still have friends who have yet to decide to follow Jesus, but I invite them to hang with our community all the time. And I have lost count how many times. I've been preaching now for 20 years, believe it or not. And I've lost count how many times I'll have a friend who doesn't really understand what's going on, doesn't really know the church scene, and we're singing a song that he doesn't really know the lyrics to, but is standing there, and sure enough, here come the tears. And they're rolling down his face. And here's what I often hear. Um, the, the, The vibe in here is amazing. Like, I, I can't explain what's happening, but like, this is, uh, this is spiritual, man. This is supernatural. What I think is happening is something on the inside of that human being in an environment where breath is being formed into praise, something inside that human being goes, I, I, I think I'm home. And I don't even know why I feel this way or the emotions that I'm experiencing. And even while I'm talking right now, I mean, I can feel the angst in so many people's soul. They got no home. Imagine. I mean, one of the most heartbreaking things in the world are people that we see in this life on earth who don't have a physical home, homeless. It's, it's painful. But how even more excruciating is to think that people have ornate homes, beautiful physical structures that house their bodies, and yet deep on the inside, They've never been home. They've never found that that place. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. I think the psalmist has given us a key. When you do that, I think you find home. I'm gonna throw this in there. Psalms 150 and verse six, the last psalm ever recorded, given to us. It's as if the psalmist is summarizing all of life. He says this, let everything that has breath Let everything that has soul bless affectionately, gratefully, praise God, praise the Lord. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Yeah, it's crazy. People have no idea how powerful a statement like this is. God, I love you. God, you're amazing. Thank you for another day. You are using your borrowed breath and you are shaping it in 
to adoration and praise to the one who gave you the breath in the first place. And I truly believe something on the inside of you goes, I'm home, I'm home. We even use this phrase as people come to our church facilities, stole it from my pastor. We say, welcome home, because I believe in that environment of prayer and, and praise, your, your soul is gonna find its, its home. That takes me to one last story that I, I wanna share with you that, that actually happens in a home. And I don't think that's an accident. It actually happens in a living room. And it's the home of Mary and Martha, two of the closest friends of Jesus. They have a little brother named Lazarus, if you're familiar with the scripture. And the Bible tells us in Luke's gospel that Jesus was at their home, essentially for, for dinner, just hanging out with Mary and Martha. And the Bible tells us that we can kind of tell the personalities of the two ladies, the two sisters, right? Martha is the older, kind of type A driven, probably pays the bills and keeps everything in line. Mary seems to be like um, the frustrated artist, you know, like the creative. And you can kind of see their personalities in the passage. And as, as the story unfolds, Jesus is there essentially in the living room of their home. And the Bible says Martha was in the kitchen. Of course she was, right? That's her personality. And she's getting stuff done. And it's the savior of the world. It's the Messiah. I'm going to fix him a meal. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take care of him, right? Meanwhile, in the living room, probably by a couch, Mary is sitting on the floor. Jesus is seated, and he's, he's teaching. He's probably telling stories. And the Bible says Mary's just sitting there, and she's just mesmerized, right? I mean, can you imagine Jesus comes over for dinner in your home, and he just starts talking, right? She's hanging on his every word. And the Bible says that Martha, classic sister-sibling rivalry, walks in and says, really, Jesus, really? Like, I'm in here, right? I'm doing the right thing. I'm serving you. Meanwhile, my little sister, right, the helpless creative, is on the floor doing nothing, just listening. Like, please tell her, please tell her, classic dysfunction, like she's right there. Martha could tell Mary but have you ever done this? Like, mom, could you please tell? It's like, your sibling's right there. She's like, this is classic. She's like, Jesus, please tell her, right? She could have told her, please tell her to get up and help me. And you won't believe what happens next. This, this literally happened. Jesus goes, no, I won't. And you're like, I'm sorry, Jesus, aren't you about serving? Aren't you about doing stuff? Like Martha is the noble one here, right? And he, Jesus looks at, looks at Martha right in, in her apron probably, and says, Martha, you're, you're really worried, aren't you? You're really troubled and anxious. In other words, your soul is restless. You're restless on the inside. He wasn't observing her outfit. He wasn't saying, you're, you're a wreck. That wasn't, that wasn't a statement in relationship to how she looked. It was a statement of the state of her inside. You're anxious, troubled, and worried about many things, aren't you? Martha doesn't seem to argue. Apparently she is, and he says, I'm not, gonna, I'm not gonna tell Mary to get up and go help you in the kitchen. And one translation says that Jesus is quoted saying, the one essential thing in life Mary has chosen and it will not be taken away from her. And then the scene closes and it's kind of like, wait a second, right? And it's Jesus saying, Martha, you, you should do this one thing. Okay, hold on for a second, right? Scene cut, let's stop, wait a second. What, what was Mary doing again? Mary's not doing anything, right? Like, what do you mean the one thing? Think about it. She wasn't talking. She wasn't taking notes. There's no record of that. She wasn't interjecting. She was just sitting and listening in her home. 
Jesus makes this outlandish statement. I mean, think about the ramifications and implications of what Jesus just said in a living room, in a home. He bottom lines all of existence. Think about it. Poor Martha in an apron gets the full meal deal right here. He says there's one essential thing in all of the human existence and your little sister has just discovered it. Martha's like, I'm, I'm sorry, what? That's so challenging for me. What is Mary doing? Right, if you're like me, I kind of picture the scene and I walk around the room in my mind, like observing, right, like a studio scene. You're like, okay, Martha, okay, Jesus, what's the point here? Think about it. What is Jesus trying to say? Well, we know he's saying do what Mary did. What did Mary do? Uh, she listened. She sat there. She was with Jesus, wasn't she? It wasn't complicated. It wasn't difficult. It wasn't layered. She wasn't earning it. She wasn't quoting all her Bible knowledge. She was listening to the love of Jesus. And that, Jesus said, is the one thing that's essential. Come on. Is there maybe a connection that they're in a home, in a living room, and this young lady is sitting there and Jesus says, and this is the one essential thing in life, as if to say, and this is when you're home. Home sweet home, right here when you are near to your creator and you are leaning into his love, not earning, doing, going here and there, not working, but listening, being with Jesus, sitting in his presence. I think that's home. I think that is where the soul begins to find true health and meaning and buoyancy. You know, God's not far. Jesus is not far. You're like, well, if Jesus came to my living room, I'd listen. He, he's near to you. He's not far. We know this. God came near in Jesus, and he will never leave us nor forsake us. I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to do what Mary did. What's that? Nothing. Essentially, to sit, to listen, to maybe read. Read the Bible narrative and let it soak in to your soul. I think it's in that space you're truly home, and health begins to be discovered on the inside. session was, when is my soul home? Judah points us to the answer. It's when we're near to our Creator, leaning into His love, being with Jesus. That's where the soul begins to find true health, and that's where we need to be with our self-care. You've just enjoyed a first listen to the first session of How's Your Soul, a video Bible study by Judah Smith, published by Harper Christian Resources and streaming on Study Gateway. If you go to studygateway.com, you'll find this first session of How's Your Soul is unlocked and accessible to you to watch in its entirety for free. Here at Study Gateway, you can find your favorite authors, pastors, and Bible teachers all in one place. We're the only streaming video subscription service that offers plans for individuals, small groups, and has user-based pricing for churches, no matter what the size. And don't forget, you can use that promo code, PODCAST15, to get a 15% savings on the plan of your choice. And that discounted rate lasts as long as you keep your subscription. With StudyGateway, you also get a direct link to our store, where you get publisher direct pricing on the Essential Bible Study Guide for How's Your Soul. 
This study guide with its exercises and projects and discussion questions is essential to helping you get the most out of this study. Is How's Your Soul going to be your next study? Get started right now by going to studygateway.com, click Start Free Trial, use the promo code PODCAST15 at checkout. Make sure you rate and review this podcast so other people can find this show too. And come back next week for another exciting episode in our season of Summer Self-Care. See you next time on Study Gateway's First Listens.